What is up? What is going on, everybody? You're listening to the All In Man Cave Podcast with me, your host, Cole Haight, coming back at you live from eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, Maybe not live for some people out there, depending on when you listen to this podcast, but it's Friday, April Fool's Day. Uh, We've reached April. I live in Pennsylvania, as you all know by now. Uh, The weather, absolutely insanity. Uh, Last time I was on the podcast, it was high 30s uh, the, the temperature was in the high 30s with a wind chill in the 20s uh, yesterday huge thunderstorms it got up to nearly 70 degrees crazy bipolar weather but I, I, I've dealt with this my entire life from it coming from Pennsylvania and not really ever living anywhere but here but let's go and let's talk some sports uh, we've got some NFL news. We're going to have a short pod today. A couple things that I saw in the news kind of riveting. Uh, and it's April Fool's. There's not going to be any April Fool's jokes on this podcast. But nonetheless, go out there and scare your significant others. Freak out your friends. And possibly even uh, when I was a kid, I used to get my parents. And they would be absolutely stunned with some of the stuff I would come up with. So please uh, encourage, embrace the hilarious holiday that is April Fool's Day. And, and enjoy it. Uh, we've reached Friday through another work week, uh, easy work week this week for me. I had a lot of stuff going on outside of work that I pretty much have accomplished by now. Uh, however, let's talk sports. Let's flip the script. Let's get right into it. So a few things I've taken away from since the last time I've talked to you guys on the pod uh, it's kind of riveting, and there's a lot of stuff going on, and we're going to have a Vikings update at the end. Uh, not that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are probably Vikings fans, but it is kind of interesting to see how this team has kind of transformed and done a complete 180 uh, since the end of last year uh, in terms of the people that are responsible for the team, the coaches, the front office, and the players. Uh, so we'll get an update on that as well. But let's start with Bruce Arians. Now, Bruce Arians has announced his retirement. He will be in a different role with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he will not be the head coach, however. He uh, they basically just gave Todd Bowles the uh, the head coaching position, uh, and Bruce Arians will no longer be the head coach. And Bruce Arians is a very interesting individual, uh, but an individual that I respect a lot in the NFL, especially someone who's in the media that holds such a high position. Uh, in sports that he does. Not many people really tell you how it is uh, and tell you exactly how they're feeling with no filter, but Bruce Arians is that guy. Now, Bruce Arians, uh, a lot of swear words involved with him, uh, the booze, the alcohol, the the stuff that he talks about. It's kind of it's kind of hilarious to listen to his interviews, uh, how he answers questions, how he answers serious questions, even meaningless questions. Uh, it's it's awesome, but uh, Bruce Arians will be stepping down. He will officially retire as a head coach for the third time, I believe, uh, from the NFL, but he will be uh, still within the organization in another lesser stressful role, uh, and that's in quotation marks, honestly, because I don't know what the roles look like in terms of NFL football teams and, and how these organizations work. Uh, but I'm assuming, uh, based on what has been said in his press conferences, kind of, kind of some of the things that I've read on the in the ether on the internet uh, about what about how this could have possibly happened. Uh, but Todd Bowles will take over this team. I like to see what happens when Todd Bowles takes over a team that's not completely incompetent. Uh, if you guys follow football at all in any sort of uh, extreme 
Um, it, listen, if you follow football decently, Todd Bowles has not had the best success as a head coach. He just hasn't. Uh, he's been with the Jets. They had an awful team. He was he was not set up for success. He's also been the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, before, previously to this entire regime that they are now known for. Uh, I believe he was the head coach when when Jameis Winston threw had had his uh, his own version of ESPN thirty for thirty uh, when he had thirty TDs over thirty TDs and thirty interceptions as well in a season. So Tom, uh, Tom Brady. And the link for Tom Brady in this, uh, he decided to come back. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. And listen, I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't believe a lot of it. I think a lot of it's garbage, to be quite honest with you. I don't think that Tom Brady, and this is what is out there right now, and I'm sure a lot of you know that this exists uh, and people are talking about it, but if you didn't, a lot of people are saying that Tom Brady, uh, he met with Tampa Bay Buccaneers ownership at a Manchester City or Manchester United soccer match uh, in which they are owners as well or or large influences in that as well. I don't know exactly what they are for that team. I think they're part owners uh, of, of, of Manchester United or Manchester City. Don't get me wrong. Love sports. Not the biggest and most knowledgeable in terms of the English Premier League. However... It's it's very interesting uh, because there's a lot of people running with this conspiracy theory that Tom Brady said that he would come back if they got rid of Bruce Arians. And don't get me wrong, uh, it, it seems like these people think that they have some leg up in terms of information uh, to make this ballsy statement. Uh, but I'm not a fan of it and I'm not on that side. And let me tell you why. Bruce Arians has been... He's the Ben Roethlisberger version of head coaches. Some people age well, some people take care of their bodies, and some people don't. And Ben Roethlisberger has not been has not been silent about the fact that he likes to do his own thing. He doesn't have a dietary plan. He doesn't eat healthy, and he likes to have some brews with the boys in the offseason. And that's as honest as I can say about it. Bruce Arians is that same type of individual. You can look at Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He's 70 years old and does not look it uh, because he lives his life a different way than Bruce Arians does. Bruce Arians is very upfront about the way he lives his life. He's very honest about everything. And don't get me wrong, I think that he was trying to retire multiple years previous. I would say two for the past two to three years, I believe the retirement thing has been in his in his mind uh, and has been completely taken over his mind uh, until Tom Brady got there. And and it's very obvious uh, that, that t- Bruce Arians loves to coach football. He loves to be that offensive mind. He, he loves to throw the ball deep down the field and he likes to create electricity with his offense. And having Tom Brady there with all the weapons uh, allowed him to still have fun doing the thing he loved, even in the midst of some type of thought of retirement. I do not believe at all that Tom Brady called up the ownership of the ownership of the Bucks and said, listen, I will come back and come out of retirement if Bruce, if you get rid of Bruce Arians. I know they didn't see eye to eye. We've talked about it on this podcast before uh, about how Bruce Arians tried to affect the offense. He tried to put his own things in it, uh, and disagreements then arose between him and Tom Brady. But there is no single way 
that Tom Brady, even with the influence that he has in the in the NFL, being a, probably the greatest quarterback of all time, there is no way that that Tom Brady made a phone call to the ownership of the Bucks and said, "Get this guy out, or I'm not coming back." He 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 made Tom Brady made multiple reach outs to players on this team. Uh, that he needed to come back. There's no way that Tom Brady, the player, Tom Brady, the person, after everything that I've read about him, uh, everything that he's said in the media, there's no way that he would have all these people re-signed to play with him. And then if the Bucks decided to keep Bruce Arians, he would just be out. I don't think that that's a, a solid argument. I don't think that there's any, any sol- solid, there's no solidity. There's no solidarity is the word I'm looking for for that type of conspiracy to be more than 50% correct. Maybe, maybe behind closed doors, there was thoughts of something to that sort. But Tom Brady was retired for 40 days. He came back after a month and less than a month and a half of being retired, decided to come back and give it another go. Now, don't get me wrong, why Todd Bowles just assumes this this position and they don't even seek some sort of coach. Maybe there's a clause in, in, in the rule book in the NFL that I don't know about. But why would you not give anybody else an option for that job and just give it to give it to Todd Bowles unless they think he's the most qualified person they want within the organization to assume that position, which is very possible. Todd Bowles is not a bad head coach. Yes, he's a defensive guy, and he will continue to call defensive plays and call the defense while he's head coach. And then Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich will combine, collaborate in, in, in the responsibility of owning what happens on the offensive side of the ball. But for everyone out there in the media, people on Twitter, people on Twitter are ruthless. I, I love Twitter. I, I love getting stuff out there, seeing what's going on with the NFL. To get your NFL news quickest, I would consider using Twitter if you don't currently have one. Uh, a lot of people, the reporters, the, the, the beat writers, everything that you need for the NFL and to get it quickly and get it before a lot of other people would get it are on Twitter. So it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see the info that comes out and how it comes out uh, because everybody has an agenda regardless of what situation it is, whether it be why you're trying to cut somebody in line at the grocery store, why you're trying to beat somebody to an exit on a highway, uh, and why you would post a meaningless thing that would be considered meaningless for most people in the world to Twitter uh, when tagging somebody in it. Everything has a reason and there's an agenda behind it. But I think people are pushing the agenda of Tom Brady trying to get rid of Bruce Arians for his Cinderella run for the end of his career. I think they're pushing it a little too hard. And and honestly, I I think the Bucks are still good, especially within an, in, in an NFC this year that's taken a huge hit. Uh, and, and the NFC doesn't look very strong. They're very weak, especially within the the AFC or the NFC South. Uh, in in Tom Brady's division, that that division has taken a huge hit, and the Bucks are front runners, regardless of who the head coach is, based on roster, based on skill set, uh, and based on overall performance of their team as a whole. So I don't think Tom Brady went out there thinking that he could get uh, Bruce Arians absolutely out of the league. He thought he was getting too much pushback from him. He didn't want to deal with him. Uh, and his his Instagram post, and you can't take what everybody says. 
on on social media 100% truthful. I've learned that the hard way, uh, especially in terms of in terms of people you think are your friends that have your back and people within your 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 job scope, uh, whether it be coworkers, whether it be bosses, what have you. I've gone through a lot of things with with misconceptions in terms of what happens on social media. People want to want to tell you what they want to tell you when they want to tell you. And that's basically how I can describe social media. Things drop on social media when people want them out there, when they have an agenda. Right? I get I get that there could be a there can be a conspiracy theory on the the romaine lettuce that you see at your local grocery store. But you're only going to find about it, find out about it when people tell you about it. And when they want it out. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the fence for most people thinking that Tom Brady did not have any involvement in this. And he was going to come back regardless of who the head coach was. Because Tom Brady wants to play football still. And he, and for whatever reason, he thinks he has something to prove uh, after the extreme amounts of success that he's had in his career. All right, enough about Tom Brady. Let's move on. So one thing that really grabbed me uh, and basically grabbed me by the horns, uh, and honestly, I was extremely shocked to see it, but I was also glad to see uh, that somebody actually stood up uh, and made a statement as an owner that most owners don't make. Uh, Jim Ursay of the Colts uh, came out recently this week. I think it was earlier this week. Uh, when they were discussing the overtime, the owners and 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 the teams got together, uh, had their conference or whatever you want to call it. Um, but they discussed overtime rules, changes to the rules, and and the the, the coaches' picture uh, from all the teams and and all of that stuff going on. But Jim Irsay speaks on moving on from Carson Wentz and his story and what he said could not be. F- closer to the truth than what it was he spoke his mind uh and just like Bruce Arians Jim Ursay does not mess around he does not beat around the bush and he tells you how he feels which is the easiest way for communication to be sound in any organization so Jim Ursay speaks on moving on from Carson Wentz and quotation marks this is the quote from him directly two separate quotes but I'm going to kind of link them together the worst thing you can do is have a mistake and keep living with it it was obvious that we had to move on. You don't see that in, in, in sports anymore. Carson Wentz has a a black... He, you, the only way that I could easily... And I talked to somebody very close to me that I went to college with not too long ago. Uh, maybe, I think it was two, two days ago. And, and we had a, a conversation about Carson Wentz, whether or not he's going to be a, a great quarterback in the league, whether he's going to figure it out or what have you. And, and, and honestly, after having that conversation with this individual, I had an epiphany uh, and you heard all these things about Carson Wentz saying that he, he's not, he, he complains about the plays being called. He's not a leader in the locker room and, and Jim Irsay and, and Chris Ballard, part of the Colts organization said very, said not exactly a hundred percent with words, uh, but hinted at the fact that there was an issue in the locker room. Carson Wentz is not a leader. Based on this information, Carson Wentz does not stay on the field. He's injured. Carson Wentz has very bad games. All that stuff combined for what they gave up and what Jim Ursay, to be fair, we don't know if he was in favor 
of getting Carson Wentz or if it was just Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, the GM and head coach. We, we don't know. And he's probably not going to come out and say it. But based on what he's talking about, he was not in favor of this move, of the Colts going out and getting Carson Wentz from the Eagles. And guess what? If you're not a, a, a team player, if you're not the quarterback of the football team being a leader, if you're not somebody that someone else wants to be around and be a part of, you're not going to be able to lead a football team and you're going to play worse. If if you know that you're not getting buy-in from your fellow co-workers slash teammates and it works the same way that anything else works in the in life whether you work in sales whether you're a ceo or whether or not you load trucks at fedex it doesn't matter if you're being annoyed and you don't like working with somebody your your production as an individual is going to go down i've dealt with it i've worked in the warehousing industry my entire professional life I've been a manager. I've been a frontline worker as a regular associate. If you're working with somebody you don't like, you're not going to work as hard. It's it, it's a proven fact, and not even because you don't want to, just because subliminally you're in a you're in a location that you're not comfortable with, nor do you feel like working at a full potential next to somebody who is not putting in the time and doesn't seem like they care enough. And that's what I'm getting from Carson Wentz. He came from a small school. He had a lot of raw talent. And when he got to the NFL, he developed something that players don't like to be around. And now he's going to the Washington Commanders, uh, formerly the Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redskins. And and they've given up multiple draft picks uh, with a clause. If you have to put a clause in a contract, that guy's probably not the right fit. If there's a clause that this guy has to start a certain amount of games, and and even with that, not only does he have to start a certain amount of games, but now he could possibly be a locker room issue for a team that has a lot of younger-ish players that could be influenced by him, this could blow up in Washington's face. Carson Wentz, don't get me wrong, raw talent, the the skill that he has at the quarterback position at his highest point is good. I would love to have that form of Carson Wentz on my favorite football team. But I understand where these teams are coming from and where these people in the media are coming from that are questioning whether or not he's even a top 15 quarterback in the league based on the baggage that he brings everywhere he goes. It didn't work out in Philly. He got traded to, the, to Indianapolis. It didn't work out in Indianapolis. He gets traded to Washington. How many times is this going to happen? And people out there are probably going to say, well, team players get traded all the time. Yes, based on need. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't cause problems in locker rooms. Ryan Fitzpatrick knows who he is as a player. Ryan Fitzpatrick, regardless of how many teams he's played for, has been considered a leader and somebody that people like to follow in the NFL, which is why he's played for all these teams. And don't get me wrong, it has to do with contracts, it has to do with need of the team, and it has to do with current situations of whatever team decides to to pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick. However, Fitzmagic has, has a very good reputation by doing by jumping and jumping and jumping between teams. However, Carson Wentz has, a, has such, such a negative stigma to his name that it's going to be hard for him to be successful in this league with... The former teams that he's played for saying he's not a good locker room guy. He's not a leader. He complains. 
It's going to be hard for Carson Wentz to get there. And to be honest, to, to go back to Jim Irsay, I've, I've learned a lot about Jim Irsay, and I've done a lot of research since I listened to, to Bat McAfee on, on, his, on his YouTube show, on his podcast. Uh, he was an Indianapolis Colt. He talks about Jim Irsay. I've read and looked up a lot of things about uh, press conferences he's been a part of. Jim Irsay's a straight shooter, uh, and he knows his football. Uh, he was a ball boy when he was when, when he was in his younger years. Uh, he worked his way all the way up. Uh, he became a GM early, I believe, and and now he's the owner of a football team. And t- to be quite honest with you, uh, he's seen a lot of stuff, and he's seen a lot of players, and he's seen a lot of movement. He's seen a lot of changes. He's seen a lot of the things that employers look for when you're going through a job interview. You got experience with this. Uh, you've seen instances of this. You've seen that work, and you've seen this not work. He knows what he's talking about. And yes, some of his some of his his slang and some of his talk is nonconformist. Uh, if if I have to put a label on it, uh, but Jim Irsay tells it how it is, and he's owned a successful franchise. Uh, for a decent amount of the time that he's owned them. So uh, I'm, I'm going to trust Jim Ursay on this as well as what I believe. And I don't think Carson Wentz has a has a job in the in the league until he figure out, figures out how to act around other people and be a leader. You're getting paid multiple millions of dollars to play a football game that people love, and you have millions and millions of fans out there that are rooting for your team, and you're going to, behind closed doors, treat your your in, your fellow players, uh, your offensive line, your defensive line, the, the, the defense, whatever it is, you're not going to be a leader for them. You're not, you're not going to try and build them up. You're going to complain all the time. People aren't going to be in your corner, which is why not a lot of people are in Carson Wentz's corner. All right, off the Colts, moving on. Biggest signing. Uh, So Bobby Wagner, the former All-Pro Seattle Seahawks linebacker, has signed a five-year, $50 million deal with the L.A. Rams uh, to play with Aaron Donald in in Los Angeles. This is huge. Uh, And not only huge, but I saw a meme on, on Twitter or Instagram. I can't even remember where I saw it, but... Uh, the all pros, I think Aaron Donald has seven. Bobby Wagner has six. Uh, pe- people were leaking all sorts of stuff via the via the internet about what Bobby Wagner wanted and that nobody wanted to give him a contract based on his age. We've been seeing all of that in the NFL. Uh, as you get older, it seems like the contracts get smaller for guaranteed money and more in terms of incentives. Because you're older and 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 companies, aka football teams, don't know if they can trust giving you guaranteed money if you're getting older in your position based on past experiences. Bobby Wagner does not come into that link. He's an extremely smart individual, great football player, uh, and has more knowledge and has been a part of fantastic teams and has been leaders, has been a leader on those teams. So this is a great signing for the Rams. This just proves, honestly that the Rams literally just want to go all in on these players and they just want to continue to try and fight whatever it is in the future in which draft picks may or may not exist for them. They're going all in every year to win Super Bowls. And yes, the Rams have been a part of a huge amount of drama uh, with the stuff that came out about Sean McVay getting an opportunity to be uh, the the sp- the spokesperson and and the uh, what do you want to call it the the play by play analyst on Amazon uh, because Amazon will be taking over Thursday Night Football as of this year, I believe. It, it, it's crazy. So what, what they offer him all this money, 
Uh, and now the, the, the Rams have to kind of compete uh, with everybody else in terms of who wants Sean McVay. And Sean McVay is now b- becoming a, a, a huge figure in, in, in the NFL right now. Uh, he could call games. Uh, he could be a head coach. He could be a head coach for somebody else. He could go on podcasts. He could create his own podcast. There's so many options for Sean McVay out there being a young football mind. And, and where he wants to put his roots in, in terms of what does he want to do the rest of his life? Does he want to continue to coach? Does he want to be, does he want to make his own podcast and do his own podcast thing? Does he want to call games on a weekly basis? Does he want to call games on a nightly basis? What, what do you, what does he want to do? And he has so many options, uh, but I feel like the Rams and, and as a team and as an owner of the Rams, I feel like they need to keep him there as long as they can because of how many options he has now that he has Bobby Wagner it's gonna feel like them losing Von Miller was irrelevant they have a younger team uh, in terms of their defense even with the fact that they don't have that many draft picks year by year but their defense still looks solid with the addition of Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald on that defense that's scary enough Those two players themselves are better than every defense in the NFC North right now, which is my Minnesota Vikings division. So Bobby Wagner as an addition for the Rams, they're going to try and repeat uh, by extending Matt Stafford, by getting Allen Robinson, uh, by getting Bobby Wagner. They're trying to make these big hitter, big swing moves. And guess what? If they continue to hit, the NFL is going to change and change rapidly. All right, we're going to get to our Vikings update. And I won't spend so much time talking about it because I know for all the listeners out there, you guys are probably not Minnesota Vikings fans. But from what I've seen recently and what I've seen via the media diagnose what the moves have been, uh, it's two totally different sides of the sides of the coin here. So the Vikings haven't made any huge splash moves besides signing Zadarius Smith. And to be quite honest with you, the other signings have been relatively low-key. Recently, they've picked up a few guards, Jesse Davis, uh, Austin Schlotman. Uh, They're not starting caliber players in terms of the media. However, they could have huge impacts on our offensive line. Uh, Patrick Peterson has just agreed to to re-sign with the Vikings to play corner, uh, which is one of the biggest issues that the Vikings had at the cornerback position. And he and Patrick Peterson has played well, although the decline of his of his skill set has been real, uh, and it has been noticed by not only these people in the media that like to blow up uh, small pieces of sand into giant boulders, but also me as well. Watching him last season, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't great, uh, but he does his job, and he's a veteran. So signing him is a big deal. Uh, the restructured of multiple contracts on our team, whether it be Harrison Smith, whether it be uh, Adam Thielen, uh, it's very important for this season uh, with the new head coach in Kevin O'Connell and with our new GM in, in Quasi Adolfo Mensa. there's going to be a huge difference in how this draft goes, which is why there's a huge difference in how our free agency has moved and moved through the process since free agency began uh, with the tampering period and then throughout until just this minute right now. Our defense is starting to look better. The cornerback position has not been solidified, 
but now it can be adjusted and it can be it can be improved in the draft uh, as well as possibly if it, if what happens in the draft is not exactly what we needed, we went out and signed a Chan a Chandon Sullivan, a, a slot corner solid from Green Bay. We have Cameron Dantzler still out of Mississippi State. He's played well. He's played bad. Overall, he's had a, a very solid start to his NFL career. And Patrick Peterson, that's three guys, two people to put out wide and one in the slot. At least the starters are taken care of. Uh, but big big swings can be made in the draft to make improvements to that. Now, there's some people on defense. There, there's some backups. There's the tight end position. There's some other positions that need to be uh, solidified. Uh, for us to try and make a run. But if we're going to make a run this year, which is, I think, what the eyeballs are on in terms of the head coach, Kevin O'Connell, uh, first year, and their the GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, they're looking to make a run this year. You want to know why they're looking to make a run? Because the NFC is extremely weak this year. A lot of players have left the NFC and gone to the AFC. The AFC is beyond stronger in terms of overall skill set, in terms of the, the 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 construction of the rosters of the of these AFC teams. The NFC is relatively weak. And remember, there's seven playoff spots. If there's seven playoff spots, the Vikings have a clear opportunity with we have no idea what happens with the the Green Bay Packers in terms of the wide receiver position, considering their number one receiver right now is Alan Lazard. Uh, And I'm not talking shit on Alan Lazard, to be quite honest with you. He's a great player, but he's not a number one. As well as they've lost a few players on defense that have been pretty key to their success in the past one to two years. If the if the Packers defense doesn't look as good and their offense takes a hit, they now become mediocre. And don't get me wrong, you guys know I consider Kirk Cousins mediocre. Yes, he puts up statistics. Yes, he's able to do good in certain spots, but he's not good in big games, and he's not good in prime time. And to be quite honest with you, he for the very few times he's been in the playoffs as a Viking, he hasn't been great there either. So yes, there's still issues with Kirk Cousins, but like I said before on multiple podcasts, we really didn't have another option besides going out and drafting a quarterback this year, which is still on the table. And 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 we went out and re-signed Sean Mannion, the worst backup quarterback of all time, uh, to a one-year deal. Uh, so it looks like our our last year's third-round pick in Kellen Mond, the quarterback out of Texas A&M, is just a complete bust. Uh, So it looks like back to the drawing board in terms of quarterbacks, unless we want to end up paying Kirk Cousins $60 million a year uh, in 2024. But listen, the Vikings have a huge chance, as well as every other team in the NFC, even teams that were considered to be relatively weak uh, after all of the moves in the offseason, maybe even after the draft. You've got, you've got teams that can make a big run, and it can be similar to the NCAA tournament. We talked about St. Peter's and what they were able to do in the NCAA tournament. But it could be like that for the NFC this year in terms of the NFL playoffs. You could have a, an Atlanta Falcons. You could have a, a New Orleans Saints. You could, have a, you could have a lot of teams that would be relatively weak in the AFC and probably not make the playoffs. Make the playoffs and make a solid run if they start to pick it up in the playoffs and start getting everything rolling. So it's going to be interesting to see this year. I definitely am super excited for the draft to see how not only my team, but every other team addresses the needs uh, that they are trying to get out of this season. 
But it's very interesting to see how weak the NFC is compared to the AFC. And to, and 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 let's just get this straight. The the top 2 divisions in the league this year in my opinion, one in the NFC and one in the AFC is the AFC West and the NFC West. The AFC West looks awesome. We've talked about it multiple times. What the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos have done in the offseason to try and compete with the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs losing uh, Patrick, or not losing Patrick Mahomes, losing Patrick Mahomes' number one target in Tyreek Hill to the the Dolphins. But the the Chiefs have taken a, a, a back seat a little bit in terms of if you were to grade all of these teams for their offseason moves so far, the Chiefs would definitely be in the basement in terms of grading their offseason moves. Not that they really could make a lot of moves based on the people they're paying and how much cap space they have, but they're clearly behind the eight ball in terms of improving their team if they even could. Now, you guys know... My buddy Greg, hope he listens to this because I'm giving the Chiefs a shout out. The Chiefs are still the best team in that division until I see that these other teams can play. Now, the Chargers were supposed to be huge and supposed to be great last year with how great Justin Herbert's played, but I haven't really seen it from the Chargers. They're not the Chiefs. The Raiders are not the Chiefs, and the Broncos are not the Chiefs. That I've seen with my own eyeballs. Big moves can be made, but we don't know if these big moves are going to work out. So all of the people out there that are saying the Chiefs are going to be dethroned, they're going to take a back seat, they're not taking a back seat. We need to see these teams play, not only within the regular season, but within their own division to see how these games go. But the NFC West is going to be just as good. You've got San Francisco not knowing who the hell they're going to start at quarterback. You've got the Rams that are still trying to make big moves to compete. You've got the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, that offense. What What is it? I have no idea. And you've got the Seahawks, which God only knows what they're going to do. But the NFC West is still the strongest division in the NFC, for sure. So you've got a lot of teams out here that are going to be vying for filling gaps in the draft. And what it looks like right now from these NFL teams, it may not look like that after the draft process is complete. And even after the draft process, there may still be moves after that that change the way these teams go. So if people are out there trying to look for future odds for for winners of divisions and what have you, don't waste your time. Because right now, you know as much as I know that these teams could look completely different start week one of this next upcoming season. One more thing I want to bring up, and I didn't get an April Fool's joke all day at work today. Nobody said anything to me about it. I think it's the first year of my life that nobody said April Fool's or even tried to pull a prank about it. But Julian Edelman is an absolute savage. I look on Twitter. I see the Twitter update come to my phone while I'm at work this morning. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, He posted what looked like an NFL post of Julian Edelman joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On a on a multi year deal or whatever it said in that in that picture, and I believed it. I one hundred percent believed it because Tom Brady, wheeling and dealing, former players that he loves to bring to to Tampa Bay to try and get him another Super Bowl. I one hundred percent ate right into Julian Edelman, and then for me to find out that it was an April Fool's prank, that was a very good one. So shout out to Julian Edelman. Uh, Because Julian Edelman, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin as your starting three wide receivers is absolutely the scariest thing I can think of. With Tom Brady, 
Uh, and not to not just Tom Brady, but the way that team has still been able to solidify their strengths on defense, uh, they need need to make some adjustments to their offensive line, uh, and maybe get get some more solid players at guard, maybe a backup tackle, uh, and they I believe they 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 kept their center Ryan Jensen, but. They're, they're going to have to make some moves in the draft this year to be the same way they were uh, in the previous two years. But they're clearly the front runner in that division, and Tom Brady's not going to have an issue. But it would have been scary to think about Julian Edelman playing wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks in that division if you're a Panthers, Saints, or Falcons fan, for sure. All right, guys, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, whether you're a first-time listener or you've been with me since the beginning. Uh, We're almost at 100 episodes. We're like 10 episodes short of 100 episodes. It feels like I started this yesterday. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm not going anywhere, uh, but I just want to thank you guys so much because I really appreciate you guys listening. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at AllInManCavePod. Remember to tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell anybody in your family, anywhere. Tell them about the All In Man Cave podcast. Tell them what we're about, uh, what I'm about, what the foot, what the the sports world is about, uh, so that I can grow the podcast as much as possible. Remember on Facebook, Cole Hate, C O L E H A Y D as and Dog T as and Tom. Send me a message. Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. Give me a five star rating on Spotify. Anything in terms of feedback for the podcast, what you want me to talk about, what I could possibly think of my opinion on, or if you just want gen- just want to give general feedback of the podcast, it would be very appreciated. So, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Uh, it's almost 3.15 here on a Friday. I've got bowling tonight in an awesome bowling league. Been bowling well all year. So, I know I'm going to have a good, bl- a good blast. You guys as well. Uh, And I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Until next time, like I always say, later.